0: It's Howard Simon and Jeremy White The turnovers, they, they, they hurt us, you
1: know,
2: really let them back in the game, you know, up
3: 17-0 Pressure coming, gets the ball off to the left side to Beasley, in and out of his hands And intercepted by Javon Holland Pressure coming on a blitz, and the ball is loose It's fumbled by Allen, it's loose at the 5 Picked up and rumbling into the end zone is Zach Sealer for a touchdown Holy cow!
4: I give our guys credit, man. They hung in there, and and they figured out a way to get a win, and and that's what I think one of the things they've been really good at this year.
3: Back from his own end zone, heaving down the left sideline, intercepted by Kyrie Elam at the 32-yard line. Here's the snap, fires it to Beasley at the three, lunges for the end zone, touchdown. Welcome back, Cole Beasley. Fires to the end zone to Davis. Did he get both feet down? Touchdown, Buffalo!
4: we understand the you know the, the seriousness of the playoffs it's winner go home
1: and again guys just wanting to to win and and not hang up the cleats you know just yet like i said we got some goals to accomplish and guys in that locker room love each other they, they work extremely hard to go out there and execute and,
2: and try to accomplish those goals that we set
5: it's all bill's all day.
1: Buffalo Bills Football Monday on the home of the Bills. WGR
5: Sports Radio 550. Brought to you by
6: Be right there. You think I'd be ready, but uh, I'm not. Okay. It is a Bills Football Monday. It is a victorious Bills Football Monday. It's a that went a lot harder than anybody thought Bills Football Monday. Welcome back to the stress and the intensity of win or go home and playoff football.
1: The good news is... They're playing again. And the other good news is... There's a lot of good news. Cincinnati made everybody feel better. Yes. Cincinnati's offense did not look good at all. No, which is normal against Baltimore for them. Cincinnati should have lost. They probably should have lost. Yeah. They... I saw, like, win percentage charts before that big, crazy fumble Mm. returned by... um, Sam Hubbard, thank you. I would have remembered it, but it would have taken like ten <laughs> minutes. It's too early. Sam hey, we're Hubbard, here
6: till ten. It's all right.
1: Ninety-eight yard fumble return for them. Uh, the Ravens' win percentage went from I think it was in the sixties to eighty percent. Cincinnati or something. It was just like the it's big a massive swing. One of yeah. the biggest swings since the Taron Johnson pick six. I mean, if you're Baltimore, holy cow! Two out of three postseasons losing a game like that. Yeah, that's tough. So Cincinnati looking that bad is two things. One, maybe they're not some juggernaut. And two, okay, they looked bad and they advanced. And the Bills didn't look great and the Bills
6: advanced. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, well, San Francisco Seattle was close for a little while, then they pulled away. And the the Vikings were the higher seed and they lost. So, yeah, look, you won. That's it. Was it perfect? Nope. They won. And they move on. And honestly, that at the end of the day, of course, that is the most important thing. But sure, sure, the offense has to clean things up. Too many turnovers, some bad decisions by Josh Allen, a very uneven day. But you know what? This is the Bills' offense for the last, what, month, two months, where they get 30-something points, they get 400-plus yards, and you walk away going, yeah, boy. And then they turn the ball over a little too much, and they hit some extended, extended stretches where they can't move the football. And yesterday was one of those games again. So this is who they've been. Fortunately, they scored enough points to win the football game. And we move on. But, man. I never thought they would lose the game. I never did. Not even on the the strip sack when Miami actually took the lead. I really didn't. I'm not making that up. No, I get that. I really thought, you know, in two things. One, the Bills will eventually stop giving the ball to Miami. Two, Miami's offense
1: was doing nothing against the Bills defense. The Bills offense could only be so bad for so long.
6: Right. At some point, they will stop turning the ball over and move the ball. And they got a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter.
1: So I never... Seriously, I didn't think it was going to be that close. Nobody did. Okay, but but on, on that though, on you didn't think they would ever lose. Yeah. When's the last time you did? Because this is a normal thing. They When's won. The last
6: time
5: I thought they were. They lose. rarely lose. Yeah.
1: And
6: when they do, we spend the whole game thinking they're going to win. You know, the last loss before this was
1: Minnesota, and, you and thought I they thought they, they were, were going to win that game too. And before that was the Jets. And you thought they were going to win. And before that would have been last year, or well, like the Titans Monday night. No, the th- Chiefs game. The 13 Wait, Miami thought they were going to win. Yeah. 13 seconds. Thought no, they were no, they going to win. Yeah.
6: Like, I, is, I thought the Colts game wasn't going well last there you go. year.
1: Like the last time we ever thought, wow, they're actually not going to win this game was probably Colts the game. Colts game. Yeah. Because.
6: Even Tampa. Yeah they're, the way they came back and I thought they were going to win that game too and that turns out to be a
1: loss. So yeah, it has it, been a long it time. It takes a lot for them to 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 feel like they're not going to win a game. I'm with you. You know, even after the strip sack like okay, I guess mm-hmm. still going to win. Don't make don't don't be stupid out here. <laughs> like, yeah. What's
6: going on? Well, that's this is the if you we talked about it all week. The way to drop a formula I couldn't drop a formula of how Miami won the game. Unless you had the Bills giving them the game. A strip sack for a touchdown. Two other turnovers. Shortened fields. You're giving Miami's Miami's offense... They had one drive. One really, really good drive. A touchdown drive of 75 yards. If you went back and looked at their other scoring drives, their offense, the the fields were shortened. Bass kicks the ball off out of bounds. They start at their own 40-yard line. They score. I think it was a field goal. You know, the one touchdown they got that wasn't a big, long drive... Was a Josh interception, and they started at the Bills' 18-yard line. There was Miami's running game was doing nothing. If the game came down to Skyler Thompson has to make big plays, I felt really good about the Bills' chances. The biggest problem was they kept turning the ball over, and they gave up a 50-yard punt return, and on one of the interceptions, they gave up a 50-yard return. They kept the Bills' offense allowed both teams to stay in the game. Yeah. Ultimately, it won it. The Bills' offense won it with their fourth-quarter touchdowns, but they allowed Miami to stay in the game because the Dolphins' offense was not going to win that football game. Of course, their receivers didn't help Skyler Thompson with some drops.
1: Jalen Waddell left, what, 150 yards on the field? A couple big plays, for sure, that he dropped. And, you know, even Hill—I
6: think Hill had one or two drops in the game yesterday. So, um, yeah, and that's why I thought, like I said, even— even when it was tied after they blew the 17-point lead, even when Miami took the lead. You know, if, you, if you're if you sitting there thinking, oh, my God, we're going to lose this game, it would have been because Josh is going to keep turning the ball over. And, and you just had to figure at some point this offense would put drives together. And they eventually did, and they were able to win the football game. But it was, yeah, it was much more of a struggle than I thought. And it was, you know, the Josh, is this where people call it the full Josh Allen experience where he makes – some fantastic throws in the game yesterday. Some really big throws and he does what Josh does. He avoids pressure. He slides, he moves, he keeps plays alive. He makes, you know, throws that are really hard to make. The touchdown pass to Gabe Davis was a beautiful throw. You know, he hit some incredible deep throws and we'll have a discussion about how it felt like they were trying that too much. But it was just one of those days, you know. He doesn't protect the ball on the sack. Even on some of the other scrambles, he runs and he's got he's holding that ball out there with one hand, and I'm like, Josh, put the
1: ball away. He fumbled out of bounds once. Yeah, yeah. He fumbled for the strip sack. Yep. Was that the? Were there two or three fumbles? I think those were the okay, two. He, the, lo- he only lost one fumble. The only thing missing from the 2020 Sugar High, whatever you say. Was throwing it to a fullback down the field. Is that the only thing missing? Was Pat DiMarco in double coverage? Reggie, Reggie Gilliam downfield. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing missing from yeah. that game for the the Josh Allen the full experience, the the, the, cha- huh? the chaotic Josh Allen experience. Yeah,
6: so he was a little, you know, he was a little uneven, and I don't know if that's that. I don't know if Dorsey's calling all that or if Allen's just trying to. Keep making the big play after big play. Look, they hit some deep balls that were really huge plays on the field goal drive before the half. Right, the first play is a deep throw to Gabe Davis. So that first know,
1: play of the game,
6: first play they go and Diggs was there. Yep. He beat him, um, and they went after Howard again. I think on the next drive, their first touchdown drive, he he had a fifty-something yard pass, didn't he? To Diggs, you know, Shakir should have had a fifty-four yard catch. So there were some deep throws that they hit or were there. I just thought it seemed like Josh was a little too aggressive, especially when they're up 34-30. The one moment where I actually yelled at the TV, this was the only time I got really angry, was when it was 34-31. They tried the back-to-back throws on the left sideline to Gabe Davis. First one's broken up. Second one, I think he had a step on the guy and the ball overshot him. And I just thought, guys, just, you know, put together a drive. What are you doing? You don't let's just complete some easier passes and try and move the ball downfield, take some time off the clock, put it, put some more points on the board, and it was bomb, bomb, sack, punt. That's the one time all day where I yelled at the screen and thought, what the hell are you guys
1: doing? And they're not just bombs. These are all bucket it's throws.
6: hard throws
1: to complete. Yeah, we're not getting like a post route like Davis beat Kansas City with in the, th- the AFC division around last year. There are a lot of bucket throws. These yeah. are a lot of – Think of the the Diggs touchdown that didn't count because he didn't completely grab it. I mean, all these throws are to spots where your margin for error is small. Well, even the
6: Davis touchdown throw. Yes. That
1: was in a very you're,
6: tight window. This is a
1: difficult throw. It was a hell of a throw. It was you're, a you're, difficult play. You're dropping throws into buckets. You're getting toe-tap touchdowns. You're not just getting somebody that beats a man and, you know, cross the middle, walks in, which, you know, that, that's hard to do. But high degree of difficulty throws, and he's able to make a lot of them, of course, I don't think it should be that surprising to anyone that it looked like that. Allen said that last week. Yeah, I know. And I told you. I know you said that, right. I told you I was nervous about it. Yeah. He said, yeah, Dinkin' and Duncan's great, but sometimes you've got to throw it to your dogs. He spent the whole game telling Ken Dorsey, yeah, Dinkin' Duncan's great, but I'm going to throw it to my dogs. When he said
6: that, I was like, yeah, let's go, because I want to see the deep passing game back. I think it practically disappeared. And yes, you're right. Yesterday, it felt like they overdid it.
1: Um, he overdid it. Yeah, I mean, the well, op- I'm assuming that those ultimately come onto him throwing the ball. The options are there. Yeah, there the checkdowns are there. He didn't target a running back one time. Is that right? Yes. Wow. Well, no, Heinz did. Sorry, Singletarian Cook. No targets. Yeah. None. That's I, that's that's really surprising. And I'm not sitting here saying I want ten targets. That's too many. But you know, I I, I tweeted out that Steve Palazzolo stat about Allen average depth of target with the lead was 26 yards and one of those back-to-back throws to Gabe Davis here's the running back wide open in the middle you take this it's at least a free eight yards maybe it's 20 and it's it's just a check down so you know I'm not I'm not defending Dorsey too much just saying that yeah there are tons of opportunities to just take a layup
6: yeah I thought in fact I thought one of his nicer plays I got to go back and figure out which drive it was might have been one of the fourth quarter touchdown drives um, amidst this you know I feel like you're throwing the ball downfield too much. One of the nicer plays I thought he made was he had dropped back. He was looking downfield. It wasn't there. He sees Quentin Morris short on a check down throw, throws it to him, run after catch, 12 yards, first down, drive continues. And I thought, that's the play I need. I need you to just, you know, it's the discussion of take what the defense is giving you and I'm going to guess there will be other people you were at the game so you would see more than we do at home on the television. There might be some other people calling today going, yeah, guys, there were other plays, short to medium-range throws, that were open. Either A, he opted not to take it. I know there was one play, Diggs was open, I think, short, right. Josh didn't even look that way. He just locked on left side and threw it downfield. Might have been one of those bombs to Davis, I don't know. Either he didn't want to make that throw or he didn't see the field well enough yesterday. Look, the Dolphins were creating some issues for him. Their defensive line is good. Mm-hmm. There were a number of plays where he's under pressure quickly. The pass protection wasn't good enough. I do think there were times he left the pocket really quickly. And maybe that's because he wasn't trusting the pass protection. It just, and it's funny, amidst this discussion, you know, 34 points and 423 yards of offense and 75% in the red zone, which is a good day. But it's just, it, you walk away going, guys, I don't know, at times this offense makes me crazy. Yesterday was what they've done the last couple months. Yep. But the D was really good. The D was really good, which you wouldn't be, well, you wouldn't expect it. I mean, it gave up one drive all day.
1: Sure. I mean, I feel like you're going to get a lot of pushback on the defense was really good. Because Skylar Thompson put balls in position, and Jalen Waddle let them down several times.
6: But they made some plays. I mean, they made some breakups. They made some big plays. You know? Elam at the end of the game. Elam had a pick. Trey had a big breakup. Taron had a breakup on a deep ball to Waddle. So they were making some plays yesterday. Edmonds, I thought, made some plays. So they did. I thought they did a good—and they got a couple takeaways. I thought the defense played fine. I was—shut the run game down, kept Hill and Waddle in check— Gave up one seventy-five yard touchdown drive.
1: I heard a caller on the postgame show, which, you know, I might not agree that Joe Burrow and the offense are going to come in and her score 70. For the yeah, Bengals. I heard that call, yeah. But I think he said I,
6: 51. Sure, maybe 51, <laughs> yeah.
1: But he's he's thinking probably what a lot of people were thinking, which is Skyler Thompson looked too good mm-hmm. against this defense. Mm-hmm. And the pass rush, did the pass rush have a good day, a bad day? I mean, this team blitzes now an awful lot, yeah. right? Or at least by their standard, they blitz a lot. And I don't know, I just – I know Boogie Basham had a sack. I know that ultimately they they harassed him enough, but you probably wanted it to look a little bit better defensively. I guess, whatever, every one of these games ended up being close for at least a part of it. Mm-hmm. The only game of the opening weekend that wasn't close was the San Francisco game, and they trailed at the halftime. Yeah, that opened up in the second half. Seattle hung in there for a, yep. a long time. And the rest of them, you know, we got another one tonight with Tampa and Dallas, but... Yeah, it's the playoffs. I think the Dolphins have themselves a good coach who can scheme things up pretty well. I know you say their defense played, the the Bills' defense played well. I thought Miami had a lot of answers and their own team let them down. You know, if you're Miami, I'm not mad at Skylar Thompson today. Jalen Waddell was a big part of the reason that they lost Mm -hmm. that game. Yeah. Big drops. Of course, the Bills had drops too. Dawson Knox drops a touchdown, Khalil Shakir Shakir drops a pass. Yeah. Like, on and on Beasley, whether that's holding or defensive pass interference, the pass goes off him and it's an interception. Like, that's just a bad bounce. But man, the whole thing, it was stressful. It was annoying is a way to say it. And I know, like, hey, let's not be so mad. It's a playoff win. I know. I was happy too. But well, you were hope you look, you knew the playoff games are going to be intense if this team makes a run, right?
6: This was supposed to be the one game where you, you could just kind of relax and enjoy. Uh, and play. Yeah, this, to me. This was supposed to be, when it was 17 nothing, right? You had to be thinking, okay, yeah, this is what I thought was going to happen. Not going to lie, there was a little voice in the back of my head and said, don't forget the Chargers were up 27 nothing." But this was supposed to be the game that was going to be fairly stress-free by yeah. playoff standards, and of course it wasn't.
1: I just kept thinking, I really don't want the season to end today.
6: I it, didn't... It, it, yeah.
1: can't, it can't end to Skylar Thompson. No, I, I like I said, I would... Honestly, I, I really didn't think the
6: Bills were going to lose the game. But maybe maybe after the strip sack. I know at some point in the game, at some point I thought to myself, if they do lose this game, it's got to be one of the worst losses in the history of the Bills franchise. Oh, yeah. With everything into account, it I mean, the worst? I don't know. I mean, they did lose four Super Bowls. But with everything that was on the line yesterday and the expectations and who they were playing and the third-string quarterback and – the top running back is out, and they're down two, three offensive line starters. I, yeah, I, it did occur to me that if they lost it, it would have been one of the worst ever for this franchise.
1: Yeah, it, with Willie Parker except in the playoffs. But even that was just that team,
6: we didn't have Super Bowl expectations. No, that's right. But they, they lost, just lost the Steelers back. They
1: lost the backups with a playoff spot on the line right. at home. But
6: this would have been yeah
1: worse. Much worse
6: because of the significance of it being a playoff game. But, Whatever, they found a way to win the football game, and they eventually made some plays in the fourth quarter. Like I said, the quarterback made some big throws. They put up a couple touchdowns, and, you know, the defense still had to kind of close things out there with Elam and, and uh, the breakup on Gasicki at the end. So, hey, they may just sweat it out. You know, I wouldn't say start to finish because it was 17 nothing in the, what, early second quarter? And as the game shifted, then you had to sweat out uh, about a half and a part of a quarter. All right, it is a victorious Bills Football Monday. We have a lot to get to from the game yesterday. And then, of course, we have a lot to get to from the other games over the weekend, including the uh, Bengals hanging on over Baltimore. Brian Dable got a playoff win over the Vikings. The uh, Chargers blew a big lead, one of the biggest blown leads in the history of the NFL playoffs. And, you know, Brock Purdy looked good, actually. Brock- San Francisco's got some good weapons around
1: Brock Purdy, and oh, he actually great played weapons. well. weapons. Yeah. I think I feel bad for Minnesota. I don't. I think I think Do you really? I, I think I feel bad. Ah, they were lucky all season. Like, no, wait, I know. Which, but which part of Minnesota? The fans. Okay. Not the team. Not the not the, the quarterback. No, not, not the quarterback. I the fans. I can't believe. He threw a check down on fourth and eight. Fourth and eight for the season. And didn't throw. You, th- you throw it three yards. I just That guy yeah. cannot be their quarterback. That's team. why I feel bad for Minnesota. <laughs> I feel bad because all year long they heard... Yeah, but you're not even good. Right. Like, Yeah, you're not even good. And sure enough, round one of the playoffs shows up and like, oh, no, you're out. Let's just keep into perspective. Like 26 y- air yards per attempt when they're up in the fourth quarter. The alternative, <laughs> a potential alternative is your quarterback throws it three yards on fourth and eight for the season. Yep.
6: Yeah, he said. Uh, Josh Allen is his, more likely. He, he to, didn't want to throw it to Jefferson because the safety was coming and, over to give help. Yeah,
1: right. Holy cow. Allen, so. Al, Allen is more likely to jump over TJ Hawkinson than he <laughs> right. would be to throw it to Hawkinson he would on that play. He'd sooner just turn around and throw the ball over his head, just straight up into the air, just to see if somebody catches yep. it. Yeah.
6: Maybe there's a penalty. I mean, he's just. Yeah. So we'll get to all that stuff, too. I do feel bad for them. Do you? All right. Their I,
1: fans have suffered a lot, oh, too. The minute,
6: they're also 0 for 4 in the season. Yeah, I know. Bowl. Yeah. They've had some painful playoff losses over the years. Uh let's get connected with our fans and we'll start with Alex in Rochester here on WGR Go right ahead.
2: Morning guys, uh thanks for taking my call. Uh first got to give a shout out to Brian Dable. I think we can all agree he wins coach of the year with uh with that performance yesterday. Um I got to say that was the most chaotic officiated game that I've ever been to in the stadium. It just seemed like they were not a cohesive unit. Multiple plays where a ref is uh, the ref on the sideline is calling catch, another ref's coming in saying incompletion, and you'll see that from time to time. But it was multiple times yesterday, picking up flags. Um, so a ref throws a flag, then they then they pick it up. Obviously, it took them. Four, I think what, part of the reason the game took so long—it's five o'clock in the fourth quarter—and we're all staring at ourselves like, "What is going on here?" Was because there was so much conversation on what should have been routine calls. It just seemed like that group was. Completely letting the game get away from them, and, and a couple times it did. Um, in the stadium, I was concerned that there were going to be a couple, you know, legitimate fights because the refs had just letting the game get out of control. Finally, uh, you know, yes, there are problems with Dorsey and Allen. I get all that. I can tell you, our our offensive line got absolutely destroyed yesterday. That 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 front four for the Dolphins was really impressive, and they they surprised me with how often they were mm. putting not not just getting home, but putting Josh in pressure situations that made him make those bad decisions. Some of them were just on him, but a lot of them were he was put in really bad situations, and then his second thought of maybe I can roll out just wasn't there, and then there were bad decisions. So I think, I think there are real problems here. However, you know, they just seem to be a team that continues to win. Like you guys said, when's the last time that I ever thought that we were really going to lose a game? I, I don't know. It's been a while, so until – until I start feeling like that, I still have confidence in this team. Thanks, guys. Go Bills. Yeah.
6: Right. Uh, you know, real problems, I'm telling you, this is who the offense has been. They have their really bad moments. Josh makes some really bad decisions, and at the end of the day, he's that good to make plays. They're, uh, they do enough to make plays and overcome their own errors. I mean, I just, again, this is, I don't know, maybe we're spoiled by too many no-punt games. This is who they've been the last couple months. They have really, they get into these funks where they looked really bad, which was yesterday, what, the second and third quarter? They had a six-drive stretch there where it was a struggle to get first downs. And then they put together two touchdown drives and win the football game. So I think that real, I don't know about real problems, but this is exactly who they are. They'll score, they'll get their points, they'll win the game. And in the course of that, they're going to have some times where they really struggle for whatever reason. All right. Bills survive in advance. We're taking your calls. 803-0550 to join us. Phone lines are open. Love to hear from all of you on the Bills. Uh, what are your takeaways from yesterday's win over the Miami Dolphins? Anything else you want to get to? We'll, of course, we'll talk about the other games. Anything else you want to get to from the playoff weekend? That's great, too. Uh, and you can join us here on Bills Football Monday, which is presented by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com.
3: Here they come on the blitz, Allen looking deep down the sideline, he's got Digs caught at the 8, tackled at the 4-yard line, first and goal!
4: Call from mom, answer it, call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game, that's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
5: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Fakes the handoff to Singletary. Allen looking to run. Now going to fire to Knox. Caught in the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Somebody get the fire extinguisher. Dawson Knox is as hot as a firecracker. Gives the cook coming around the left side, outrunning a Landon Roberts to the end zone. Now we're cooking with gas. James Cook with a 12-yard touchdown run.
6: Chris Brown on the call. We'll make that uh, part of our highlights of the game from yesterday's win over the Dolphin, Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, and there was more than one player. Uh, highlights of the game brought to you by Northern Workforce Training Center. We have the training. All we need is you. That's all we need on Bills Football Monday. 803-0550 to join us as we dissect the victory over the Dolphins and talk about all the action around the National Football League. We have phone lines open if you want to get in. We'll get connected with our fans uh, with Nate in Syracuse next year on WGR. Go ahead, Nate.
4: Hey, guys. Wondering uh, what your thoughts are um, with the difference between Dable and Dorsey. In regards to uh, how many turnovers Josh Allen has had, do you think it has to do with um, Dorsey giving Josh a little too much rope or too much freedom to kind of wheel and deal? Uh, make you know, instead of call a little more, I don't want to say conservative plays, but let you know a lower percentage type play. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Like he needs to he needs to be a little better reining Josh in or keeping him on on task.
4: Yeah, a little more like on pass because uh, when he was playing for Dable, he didn't have nearly as many red zone turnovers. I don't know if that has to do with, uh, you know, just the point of where Josh is in his career now or if that has to do with uh, Dorsey just kind of uh, kind of like – because there was a lot of deep throws yesterday, and, you know, some, some of them were open, and, you know, Josh is, you know, pretty much spot on, but you think there should be some more check downs or more options for him to check the ball down a little bit first down maybe it out to get him him a first down you know and just get out of bounds type thing
6: you know there are there are check down i don't know it does also ultimately get to the quarterback or whether he decides to take those options
1: yeah right but i guess your point is
6: that dorsey doesn't dable would have been more stronger in his words to josh allen saying hey you can't do this or that whereas dorsey's like don't worry about it josh we'll get it back on the next possession
1: maybe i mean if you're dable you are the, co- the, the coordinator that brought Allen along from rookie year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you would have a very good relationship, I think, of telling him do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. Right. And if you're Dorsey, you walk in and just, you know, the accomplishment level, now you're dealing with an MVP level quarterback who it's, hey, whatever Josh wants to do. Yeah. I'm not saying he's directly said that, but it wouldn't surprise anybody to find out he gives the quarterback a little bit more of a leash.
6: I feel like earlier in the season, I couldn't tell you which game, I don't know if it was – it doesn't even matter. Whatever. The the Monday Zoom calls, I seem to recall at times if there were some interceptions or maybe some questionable decisions, you know, throwing across the body, back across the field, all these different things. And I feel like at times you would basically – you know, Dorsey would say, hey, Josh, that's Josh being Josh. So that's the only thing I could think of, to the caller's point, if you'd be considering it going, okay, Dable would be more of a – I don't know about heavy hand, but more stern with Josh – You can't do that, whereas Dorsey – I don't know. And I I don't have an answer for you. That's the only thing I can interpret is that Dorsey gives him more freedom and Josh is worried less about turnovers. Look, there are checkdowns. I don't think this is Dorsey drawing up a game plan, which led to the most most giveaways the Bills have had in however many years. I think ultimately it does come down to the quarterback. There were plays yesterday where he had guys open short. He needs throwing longer downfield. That's that's not ultimately on the coordinator for me. That's on Josh. Do I need the coordinator to yell at Josh on the telephone to make him make better decisions? That's on Josh Allen. He should know better.
1: Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what the the end of season evaluation of Dorsey will be. I'm not even sure how I feel about it, to be totally honest. I think in four years, how long is Brian Dable here? Four years? In four years, I want to say I never Never doubted, never thought this doesn't look right. Never once mm-hmm. with Dable. It was a sharp offense, yeah. multiple years. And this year I don't necessarily feel that way, but that could just be because the bar has been raised and things are different. But you know, one thing that stands out to me about this offense is of course their their need for receivers and how mm-hmm. they've been managing that throughout the whole season. Nice to see Gabe Davis play playoff Gabe Davis. Davis was great yesterday. He made a couple of great catches. Yes, he did. Not just the TD. No.
6: Some lower throws that he plucked off the top of the ground.
1: Yes, absolutely fantastic performance from Gabe Davis. Yeah. And after that, you know, it was nice to see Beasley involved. I'll say that the one pass to Beasley that went for 30 yards, 29, 30 yards, that's the most the Bills offense has looked like the last two years, all year. Yeah. Where guy gets open over the middle, boom, it's on him and he's moving. Mm -hmm. and. Like, that kind of offense we've seen from them quite a bit. You mix in the deep shots, and then boom, there's there's your Bills offense that can beat you in any number of ways. So, I know Cole Beas is not the only person on earth that can do that, but he's the only guy that, I guess, Allen has that connection with to do that with. McKenzie isn't as reliable in that way. Crowder's been hurt. Shakir's in and out of the lineup. So, you know, this Bills offense, it's, you know, it is what it is. I, It's this offense that has a stud quarterback that can make all the throws, and yet, we watch it and we think, been a while since they really looked sharp. Yeah. They're always sloppy. Yeah. Sharp for,
6: I'm not saying every drive, but sharp for most of the game. They usually will have a quarter, sometimes more than a quarter, an extended funk, if you will. I also think, too, it, look, in the Dorsey discussion, in his defense, if you will, if we're talking about you know his his overall season... It is his first season as a play caller. Dable had the job with other teams. They didn't have success like he did with Buffalo, but he had a lot of experience of drawing up a lot of game plans and calling a lot of games over the course of coordinator jobs with multiple teams before he got the job in Buffalo, whereas Dorsey steps in. Granted, he steps into a great offense, but it is his first year calling plays and designing all this stuff. He
1: steps into a great offense, and they immediately start talking about how the goal is to get more Yak Yards, and Mm -hmm. they're one of the worst teams in the league in Yak Yards. Yeah. Although,
6: yeah, the Beasley play was big yak yards, uh, but there wasn't a lot of them yesterday, I
1: think. No, it was identified as, we need to get better at this, and they might be worse at it. Which
6: is funny when you go into the discussion of, if you felt there were too many deep throws yesterday, inside the discussion of, the season began with, right, take an underneath throw or take a check down... Whatever, put it in position for someone to run after catch. And here we are having a discussion of boy, it seemed they were really aggressive throwing the ball downfield yesterday, maybe a little bit too much. So I'm, I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's Allen, you know, maybe Dorsey is looking for one thing, and Allen essentially the last two games has said screw it, let's start throwing the ball deep because I want to make some big plays because they were certainly very aggressive yesterday with their passing game. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us this morning. We'll get connected with our fans. Dave in Amherst, you're on WGR. Go right ahead. Morning, guys. I just wondering uh, if you had any thought on that play
4: when Cook ran for the touchdown, how Josh Allen was thrown to the ground.
6: I didn't even see it. No.
4: Yeah, watch it. On, check it out on Twitter. You can see he gets whipped to the ground, like, hard, real hard.
6: Okay. I'll have to try and find it. I did not see it on the replay or live, so I'll take your word All for right, it. I'll we'll try and find comment. it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Speaking of head injuries, Deion Dawkins? The Dawkins have a concussion. He well, went he, out for a minute. He
6: got a helmet to helmet. I was surprised they didn't make him go through a test. He, he stu- missed one play, I think.
1: He stumbled. And then they did sat he stumbled? St- yeah. I didn't see he that. He went down
6: to one knee. Okay, I saw the replay where like what, side of the helmet got hit? And I they showed him on the sideline and I thought I thought for sure he would have to go through the quiz, the test, whatever, the questioning with the consultant on the sideline, and it I couldn't tell if he did, but I think he came right back in after one play.
1: I'm watching Allen get thrown to the ground on that play, and I'm just not thinking much of it.
6: Okay. There was I'm, another play. I don't remember seeing it. Some people were tweeting about, did he get a helmet? Someone hit him helmet to helmet, and they didn't call it? You guys remember anything like that? Don't know. Okay. Now I don't remember where it was, so it doesn't, doesn't matter. I just was curious if anybody would have seen the
1: play. It's a weird day. Everyone's going to be afraid of getting yelled at for...
6: Oh, you're not happy about a playoff win. <laughs> oh, I I don't think today's that, that day. I, I think people a lot a lot of people are worried,
1: but they don't want to say it. Yeah, because it you know you say it in the wrong room and people are going to get mad at you. Yeah,
6: but nobody walks away from that game going. I mean, they won, right? The offense needs to clean their game up. Does anybody just want to say, you know, they did escape Miami by three when they should have blown that team out because the Bills kept turning the ball over. I mean, it's it's okay to walk away from the game going, fellas. What are we doing? We got to stop all these self inflicted errors on offense. Wasn't, um, not a lot of penalties, right? I'm trying to think if there was, um, didn't feel like it was one of those things. It was turning the ball over and missing plays. And let's, it's okay to say the quarterback did not have a great day decision making wise.
1: And he did throw for 352 and three touchdowns. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I know. Didn't run much, by the way. No, but
1: he threw two picks, and one of them's not on him. The other one probably is.
6: I don't know if that, the one on Brown, was it like Rome was saying Brown ran the wrong route? Like he cut off his route or something like that? And so I don't know who's screwed up on that pick. The other one, well, I think the DB got an arm in on Beasley, right? And it popped out.
1: I listened to Joe Marino, who will be on Wednesday. And on the John Brown pick, he basically says that, um, who's the corner? Howard? Xavier... Xavier Howard? Xavier Howard. Yeah. He's got the vertical leverage. The, 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 the play there is to throw it short. Uh-huh. So that's why Brown would have broken that off a little shorter. Well, Howard Alan th- had the only play on right. the Right. And Allen throws it deep into the, yeah. the leverage that Howard had. So, so that's more on right. Allen. Right. Yeah. And again, that's a first and ten. Yeah. It's another example of big play hunting. He was big play hunting throughout the entire game. Some worked. Some, some worked, didn't. Some work. They put zero cover or cover zero and single coverage on Diggs early, and mm. that was not a good idea. And then they must have they changed because Diggs
6: disappeared in the second yes, half. Yes, Diggs offense. had,
1: what, 100 yards in the first quarter?
6: That's another thing, too, by the way, I will say. And I, I, they can do what they want to try and cover Stephon Diggs, but, I mean, one target in the entire second half to your best receiver? Can you do any, a wide receiver screen, a slant, anything to get the ball into the hands of Stephon Diggs? One target. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I know playoff game was showing up, but I'd like to use my best receiver a little bit more than one target and no catches in the second half of the game yesterday. 803-0550 to join us. More of your calls coming up. It is Bills Football Monday. Hey, you know, there's probably a smile on your face, I assume, because the Bills won. Uh, We'll make it a bigger smile. Or if you need a smile, you can add a smile to your face on this Bills Football Monday. Thanks to the folks over at Crosby's. Make sure you start your day. The Crosby's way.
3: From his own end zone, heaving down the left sideline, intercepted by Kyrie Elam at the 32 yard line, the rookie with the biggest defensive play of the game for the Bills.
5: I mean, it was crazy. I mean, a couple times it was so loud, like, I didn't even hear the call clearly, and I had to ask guys uh, as I was lining up what the call was. And I know they they false started a couple times, so that just puts emphasis on how loud it was and how uh, electric it was out there. Bills defensive lineman Ed Oliver.
6: Some of his comments in the victorious locker room. It is Bills Football Monday. We're getting connected with... You folks at 803-0550 to join us this morning. And we'll go to Kyle in South Florida next year on WGR. Go right ahead.
5: Hey, good morning, guys. How we doing? Good. Thank you. Well, I'm down here with my in-laws. Uh, I'm surrounded by thin sands for that game, so that was fun. Um, but uh, just a, a couple things that, that I saw. Doesn't it seem like Josh, when he's big game hunting, a lot of times is is missing those ten yard runs. I mean, I, on the on the Knox drop, which he should have caught, but that's a tough ask. He probably had fifteen yards to run there, and so I think I noticed that a couple times where he'd approach the line, and I just thought, "Oh, he's going to run for ten here," and he didn't. He tried a a long bomb or like a a slant that just was a little off, and then um, and then I I think the lack of design Josh runs where they move the pocket and get them out, you know, on the right usually. That was a clear absence for me yesterday. And and usually Josh is just more in rhythm when they've got that going. So I, I don't know if you guys were seeing the same thing, but I wanted more of that yesterday. So just curious on your thoughts.
6: I thought there'd be a little bit more design runs. He only had one as far as I know. He had four runs. I think three were scrambles. He had the one quarterback draw, which worked, actually. So I thought there would be more of that. I don't know if that was something maybe defensively Miami was, I don't know if they were spying him, they were taking it away, but I was a little surprised by that, Kyle. I thought they would use his legs a little bit more than they did yesterday. So Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. Let me see. I knocked you out early. That's my bad. Sorry about that. Uh, Let's see. We'll get to Brandon in Rhode Island next on WG. I'll go right ahead.
4: Hey, guys. Good morning. How are you?
6: Good. Thank you.
4: Hey, just a, a little comment on that uh, thing you said earlier about, you know, kind of the offense always being perfect under day ball, or you always thought it was really, you know, smooth and crisp. I got to give Dorsey a little credit because over the years of Dayball ball, I found myself screaming at the TV for the Bills to try and run the ball more. And I think they've done a pretty good job of balancing that. I think the stats will show it. And I think you get ex- the exclamation point was yesterday – You know, needing a big first down, needing more than five yards, they actually trusted the run, got it, and finally ran out the clock.
6: I never had a problem with run-pass balance ever, Brandon. I mean, you stay with what your strengths are. This team's strength is not running the football. You want to throw it in, you can't. it wasn't that great yesterday. They averaged 4.1 yards per carry, which isn't really much. So Dable, Dorsey, I've never felt any problems about run-pass, pass-run balance. There's no magic number in my head. You do what you do best. And for Dable, for sure, it was passing the football. Yeah, you you can talk sta- a little bit about this team not having enough good weapons to do that now, but it's still the strength of this team.
1: Staff from yesterday, I think I saw that Daniel Jones and the Giants, in that game against the Vikings, they passed on 17 first-down plays. And they
6: got first downs on every Every play. one of
1: those drives. They every, every One of those sequences, they got a first down on yeah. that. Passing is better. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I I, I never... Bought that stuff about Dable not running it enough ever, and the reason the Bills run three times yesterday is because Miami has no timeouts. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad yeah. they got the first down. I did not want to see a punt, and then can Skyler Thompson get in field goal range in 23 seconds? I did not want that. I did. Did you flashback to Kansas City I a little wanted bit there in nothing that Nothing to do with. <laughs> okay, can they get right. in field goal range? Right,
6: we were. All, I'm sure we were all looking at the clock, playing how much time could go yeah. off and how much time would be left. Yeah, look, they ran it at the end, too. Was it Brandon, I think? They ran it at the end because that was the smart thing to do. There's yeah. no reason to put the ball in the air if they have no timeouts. and You try and get a first down, and the, you know, the game is over. So they were smart to do that there. But I, there was never a point in the game yesterday where I thought, what are you guys doing? You're not running enough. There were times where I thought they threw down deep balls too much. I never thought they need to run the ball more. You know, the only time, as I said, you know what? The only thing I would have thought about the running game was I thought Josh would have more runs. Because he's such a good weapon with his legs. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 803-0550. If you're on hold, hang on. We have Sal coming up. We work in calls with Sal as well, of course. Uh, That's what we do on Bills Football Monday. So make sure you hang in there and we'll get to more of your calls. Pantera is coming to Darien Lake with special guest Hailstorm
1: on August 9th. You can't wait. You can't wait. Pantera and Hailstorm? Yeah. Which shirt will you wear, Pantera or Hailstorm? I
6: have a half-and-half half shirt. Oh, perfect. Kind of like the parents who have two sons playing for yeah. different teams. I've got a split Pantera-Hailstorm And it, shirt. And it just
1: says Pantstorm. <laughs> Pantera hey, and hey, Hailstorm. Hey, hey. Hailstorm.
6: Who are Pantera and Hailstorm?
1: They're bands that play some hard music. Okay. Yeah. Like, Is it metal? metal? Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you.
6: Anyway, they're going to be at uh, Darien Lake on August 9th. Tickets are going on sale this Friday... At Ticketmaster.com, if you are interested, new this season, oversized parking passes will be required at Darien Lake Amphitheater. So if you're used to taking a bus or a limo or your buddy's RV to shows at Darien Lake, you must purchase a parking pass for the oversized lot when you get your tickets at LiveNation.com.
3: Allen back to pass, surveying the field, fires to the end zone to Davis! Did he get both feet down? Touchdown! Buffalo! A 23-yard missile launch by Allen De Davis.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds?